What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Chaos Theory Podcast. I am your co-host, Ivan, a.k.a. Kinetic. Of course, I got my partner in crime, Kenneth Chaos Villalobos. Um, we do have a couple of things that we'd like to address uh, before we kind of kick things off, but uh, I'll have Ken take it away. What is happening, guys? Welcome back to the Chaos Theory Podcast. As you guys know uh, from our last episode, things got a little spicy because of the Thriller episode. There was a lot of uh, discourse taking place uh, after this episode was released, and we just wanted to say that uh, when we have these episodes, guys, we're really trying to just go over a recap on each guest's uh, history regarding Marvel vs. Capcom 2 or the fighting game community in general. You know, we just have people on here. We're trying to have a good time, just talk about things, recap, and what I've learned is that you're never going to get the story 100% right. Sometimes you're off by a little bit sometimes you're off by a mile what i do say is for those of you listening if you feel that something is inaccurate or needs needs further developing on just uh let us know you know make your voice heard in the comments or whatever the case is and make sure that you uh take that platform to to take care of things like that right and you can reach out to any one of us uh if you guys like to you know say your piece about things uh we just want this to be a neutral platform is just a way for people to tell their stories uh, for us to get an accurate representation of the history of the game and of course like it's not everyone is going to be um agreeing with the points that are being made and necessarily by a player but it is what it is and we would just like to say like we're just trying to keep it as transparent as possible so absolutely and with that being said guys our guest ironically is somebody who has no problem telling you his piece and giving you his opinion okay this is a guy who has done it all in this business and he's been there since uh, the very beginning it's an honor and it's a pleasure to have this uh this man over here on this episode he is none other than regency's best blockable laser wes what's happening brother what's up guys thanks for having me on yeah man it's great to have you you have a rich history bro and we cannot wait to dip, dive into this one so dude seriously my lips are salivating <laughs> at the thought of uh, tearing into this rfc history uh we're, we're gonna get started wes uh i know that it's dude it's been a very long time uh to, to collect all of your your memories and and highlights and all of that dude it's what it's over 20 years right yeah definitely over 20 years okay. just in marvel but yeah, yeah i mean i've retired a few times but uh, there's definitely a lot of history there. Yeah, it's a little different this time because we've had, like, like most of the guests that that we've had on here, they've all been from relatively our era, you know, like the mid-2000s, late-2000s. Um, I know that we had Joe Zaza on the episode, but he was, you know, he was dipping his his quill in, in all kinds of games. And you, you, you were more from the OG era, right? As, as you like to say, yeah. there's first-generation players like Valle, Duck, um... Who else? Like Ricky Ortiz, I would I would consider first generation, right? Watson. Watson, yeah, Mike Watts. So I, I want to know how you got started because I kind of met you during Marvel's Twilight area when it when it was uh, on its way out. So I, I actually started because my parents would always go to Las Vegas a lot, and so I, they would leave me in the arcade for like five six hours, and they would you know oh, wow. give me a little bit of money. Jesus and, Christ, that's a long yeah, time, it's very bro. bad parenting. I would say now, but. <laughs> Um, so I'd go to the arcade and I'd play like, you know, like the beat em ups, like Simpsons, Turtles, some racing games. Oh, classics. My, my money Turtles wouldn't go, time. my money wouldn't go far. So once, once you ran out of money, I would just sit there for hours doing nothing. So I, I saw like, you know, Street Fighter two, um, and people are playing it. If you could beat them, you just get to play for free until you lose. Right. So, um, 
so I started playing Street Fighter 2. Um, I was like really young, so I wasn't super good. But um, my first main game was Mortal Kombat 1. And so oh. when that came out, uh, I would just go to the arcades and get like 30, 40, like even 60 win streaks. And you could tell because like on the game, it will tell you who has the most wins streak. And so I could just sit there for like a dollar and play for like two, three hours. Good Lord. Who's your main character? Uh, I mean, I played most of the characters in the game. I mean, I played like Scorpion and sub oh, Okay, and the classics. Yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't that many characters in the game. Yeah, so. and MK1, yeah. And then, so. um, you know, I liked it because it, it was like bloody. It was cool. Like Street Fighter was cool, but uh, I just felt like the blood and stuff. And then Killer Instinct came out. Yes. And that was my favorite game. Uh, yes. Because bro. it was just like, combo breaker, <laughs> right? Ultra combo. And I just thought that was the coolest thing and ever. And it was like the loudest arcade <laughs> yeah. in the room. The sound bites. It, it, yeah. it was just crazy, right? And so that's where that's I really shit. got into fighting games. And I just loved it because... You know, if you if you win, you just keep playing, right? And, and with Mortal Kombat, I learned um, that it just you just have to play down to your opponent, right? Like if you beat your opponent so bad, they're not gonna play again. So you know, there's three rounds in Mortal Kombat. So you you, you let them win the second round, and they go, oh, I almost beat this guy. This guy had 20 wins, and I almost beat him. I'm gonna play again, right? And there would just be lines and lines <laughs> and lines, right? And sometimes you mess up, right? Where you, you you play a little too bad and you lose, but it's okay because then they're super confident. When you play, they're just gonna dump all their money. So I just play for hours and hours, and that's why I think <laughs> people, you know, say when I play, I sandbag, right? Because, but it's just that that's where my arcade mentality was, right? That's crazy. Yeah. Even back then, you were already playing the mind games. You, you have to, because else I wouldn't have any money. I'd just be bored. So, yeah. um, but I, you know, I look at everyone's play style, and, and that I think that's my biggest strength is knowing what your strength is and, and how to counter that. And identifying somebody's right. like strategies pretty quickly. So know? I, I can, you know, in, instantly be like, "You're really bad. I need to play really bad." You know, and, and so, you know, just to try to give you a chance, hopefully you give me a quarter and get to play again. So, so, you, so you gained that arcade experience from a very early age, right? Like, like a lot of us, I mean, a dollar, even if you only had like a dollar or two bucks, like you said, it would only take you so far, dude. I remember yeah. I didn't know how to sandbag at all, but I would just try my ass off every single match because I knew I wasn't that good to begin with. So once my dollar is gone or my $2 is gone, that's it. That, that's it. Yeah. So I, I, my biggest strength was footsies in, in all the games. Okay. Um, but yeah. And then, and then Marvel one came out and then, you know, I was pretty good at that. Uh, and then Marvel two came out and I kind of didn't, I played a little bit, but I was like, you know, like going to high school, college and, and got, you know, or studying and girls and all this other stuff and didn't really have time to play. And then when I actually got to uh, UCI is when there was actually a, a big scene for fighting games. We had a big, uh, Tekken scene one of the guys I think got top five at, at Evo one time and we had CVS Third Strike Marvel 2 uh, that's actually where I met Regency Rob and Dorian and Y2J and Wednesday nice. uh, and so we had a little scene together and then but before I met those guys there, there was a guy named Glenn and he told me that there's this arcade called Shiggle and and so Southern Hills Golfland. oh and so so when <laughs> I like went Shiggle yeah. wait a minute wait a minute is that what people would call it? Yeah. Shiggle? Shiggle. The more I've, you know. I've never heard like I've seen the I've seen the acronym, right? S H G L. Yeah. I didn't know that people were actually pronouncing it that way. Yeah, we're, we're they're gonna go to Shiggle. So <laughs> I started going there, you know, you know, the first time I went there was OG with, man. Was the craziest experience I've ever had in my life. It's the smallest place ever. It, it there it's it's like a little shack. And when I walked in, it was popping and Everybody was good at every game. It didn't matter. There, there was a guy at Bubble Bobble. I've never seen anybody. He was just playing forever. You know, they had Killer Instinct. They had Alpha 3. 
Um, I mean, there, people playing Beat Mania. I mean, I was good at Beat Mania, but these people were like, I've never seen people this good, right? They're playing like DDR and they're just, you know, just dancing and playing at the same time. It was crazy. And then you would have like, you know, all the guys on Tekken and every game, every yeah. game in the whole thing, they, they were like the best of the best. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And yeah. so when I first started going, I mean, I wasn't that good compared to them. I thought I was good, you know, but, you know, I didn't really play Marvel 2 like I did some of the other games earlier. Um, but I eventually, you know, got a lot better just by going there. And every time it, it, the, one of the craziest people was like Combo Fiend. Like every time I went, he would have a new team. Like one time I saw him play and he was playing Rogue Magneto Zangief and just killing everyone who had like 20 something wins. And he would just, you know, do a combo and then, you know, use like Rogue Assist to start the infinite or he would use even Zangief's air throw and like reset you, you know, with Magneto and, and like Rogue Super like freezes you and he would just do a Tempest and you would just be sitting there like bobbing back and forth, just getting hit by all this Tempest. And I'm like, you know, and I, I saw people and they're using like Mega Man and, and Omega Red and. It was just crazy. Every time you go, it's just something brand new. It was, it was just crazy spot for everything. What a time, dude. And I, I really kicked myself because I missed missed that era altogether. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, Wes mentioned a very piv- pivotal term, which uh, we call footsies in the fighting game community. Uh, for those listening, Wes, would you be able to explain what footsies means? It's kind of just like, um, you know, just the interaction in neutral game where, you know, this is where I should stick out a limb or not kind of, and I could hit the other person if I'm standing here, but if I'm standing, you know, one or two pixels back, it won't hit me. So you could like whiff punish. Um, it's but, basically like the management of spacing, right? Basically management of spacing. So, um, I definitely was very good at footsies. Um, and even though I like didn't play third strike all that much, I got into it really late. I just, it, that was my game. Like mm. I should have played that first, but since, you know, I was doing other things, I didn't play it when it first came out. Um, but I, I mean, eventually I even did okay at Evo. I think I got like 25th or 33rd at Evo one time. Um, just not even knowing any matchups or anything. I just super good at footsies and just, mm, just you carrying know. your fundamentals into it. And that's all, that's all you needed to get to rank that high. Yeah. And I mean, even I beat, uh, like Ryan Hart in third strike, who was one of the best UK players at the time. I think right. he got top oh, yeah. five at third strike and Tekken and all these other games. So yeah. what was your, what was your first, uh, serious team for Marvel two? You know, my first serious team was Scrub. Team Scrub, really? Cable, Sentinel, uh, Captain Commando? It was. Uh, actually, one of the Shiggle tournaments, I actually, I think I got 13th or 17th. I beat Potter and uh, this guy named John D. Rockefeller, who was pretty good at the time and a commentator. Um, but, yeah, and then I think I lost like Junior B, who eventually got like third or something. So. Yeah, Junior B, dude. Yeah. Definitely old school name right there. Uh, what was it that, that made you... Uh, give Marvel 2 a serious try because we kind of jumped from you going to the arcade to, to UCI and you got to experience uh, like a community setting right yeah uh, at, at the at the college at Southern Hills Golfland um, you obviously wanted to be a part of it right yeah I, I think that it was the game that was the most exciting to me and so you know it was, it was the biggest game in North America not the world but North America so I always wanted to play something that was if I went to an arcade people would probably be playing it like if you know you played you know, well, maybe Mortal Kombat. Maybe not everyone's playing Mortal Kombat, but most people will be playing Marvel too. So that that's the game. Uh, also, like something like CVS was just so slow paced. Yeah. So I didn't want to play CVS. So it was between Third Strike and Marvel. And those are the two games I played the most. Yeah. 
the uh, I think what well, you made a very good point is that you would go to Southern Hills Golfland and you would see something new every single time. I mean, 52 characters, that's a lot of different combinations. I think everybody was trying to make every combination a viable choice back then just because you everybody everybody was, you know, trying to testing things out and oh, you know what this might work or and since you're not used to seeing a certain team, you would just get eaten up by it pretty much and then you'd have to figure out how to get around it just like everybody does nowadays, right? Right. Um when did you start to see that uh a tier list was forming? Like okay, these characters are definitely better than these characters. I mean, it was pretty early on. I mean, I think the only characters that were pretty wrong was like it's like Blackheart, Iceman, Cammy. I mean, those are really popular at the beginning because just Cammy's assist would just go through everything. Yeah, it's you know? so annoying, dude. It's, and it like tracks assist. like all the way to the top of the screen. And there's a lot of trap teams. There's like Blackheart, Sentinel, and and Doom. Doctor Doom, baby. Yeah. So I mean, people couldn't get around because we couldn't move. Yeah, because we, 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 we didn't know exactly. How to move. We didn't know we didn't have like the movement tech that we do yeah. now to be able to get around these trap teams. So they were, of course, they were very dominant in the early stages of the game. And same with cable. It was just like, you just shoot them. You know, you don't even need to be good with cable. You just see something come out and you just shoot them, right? So it was like cable and Blackheart and everyone's trying to, you know, get around these characters and then you just get shot. So so cable, Blackheart, Sentinel was even a viable team. It sounds terrible now, but, you know, it was a really annoying team back then. Dude, there's a lot of ego, man. I, I could imagine there were a lot, there was a lot of ego back then in the, in the arcade. Did Was there anybody there that really just had your number that you were like, man, I can't stand playing this guy? I mean, I don't think I was good enough when I first started going to have that, but uh, definitely after a while, Genghis gave me the most trouble. I've never played him. I have heard of him, Yeah. but I never got got a chance to play against that guy. I mean, I think he knocked me out of so many tournaments. I mean, I don't know why I would keep running into him, um, but yeah, he, he was tough. I mean, Potter was tough. I mean, I mean any, any of the top players, of course. So, I mean, David Lee was there, and he was really good, Combo Fiend. Um, uh, since you were, you were there back then uh, from the early days, Evo 2002. Did you know anything? Did you know about the tournament? Did you want to go? Yeah, I actually went to B5 as my first major tournament, and that was up in Folsom, California. Oh, man. Yeah, and then the first one was uh, 2002 at UCLA. Uh, and I had, you know, friends over there, so I was just staying over there and, and went to the tournament at the same time. How did that go? Uh, it was the, I think it was the only evolution that had arcade cabinets. So they wheeled in all the arcade cabinets. It was a really bad tournament overall, I would say. Like, um, there were just so many arcade cabinets. The sticks were iffy, and the they had it where if you got top eight, you, all your all your losses got reset. Oh, man. So if you were in losers top eight, you just had two losses. So I, I, I from what I remember, Justin already lost to, I think, Jose Garcia. And Justin then, Wong. Justin Wong. Okay. And then uh, he just got, you know, reset his losses, so he got to lose twice. Because I think top eight did he lose a combo fiend or something and then he went again to losers top eight so justin already lost twice but ended up winning the tournament and and this is this is back in the early days but when our tournaments were still being held on cabinets right yeah it wasn't it wasn't console no and i'm sure that we'll talk about this later but um did you notice a substantial difference between each cabinet and what equipment what was it pretty like pretty much universal parts like like were they using the 360s the competitions the same spring tension. No, they're they're all brought in different cabs from different places. So they're all kind of different with you know different you know settings, kind of like it just looked a slightly different. So it was it was tough to play. Uh, and then they had ran into time constraints because we had to be out by midnight or something. Yeah. And so they played grand finals one game. <laughs> I could imagine, dude, that would piss me off. 
just because I'm I'm used to like this game is all about muscle memory, right? Like muscle memory, twitch reactions, and stuff like that. If I'm even if it's one a one pound difference on the spring, that's oh, yeah. gonna do. That's gonna make a complete. It's gonna throw me on a downward spiral because I'm used to the other type of movement. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could imagine that was frustrating. I think it, it also allowed me though to play on any stick. So no matter what, everyone when I first started playing console, everyone's complaining about every stick everything and it's like try playing on arcade cabinets and, and you don't even know if your button works right and and so I, I think i never complained about sticks almost for my whole career and maybe later maybe that everybody else complains so maybe i should complain too basically we're all spoiled <laughs> dude <know. Yeah. laughs> goddamn whippersnappers <laughs> um the question of course and this is what i definitely want to get into is you already got the arcade experience. You've been to a couple of tournaments. You're playing on all kinds of joysticks and all, on all cabinets. I want to hear about when you first got, got started at Regency because that ended, ended up being your home hub for the next few years. Right. So after Shiggle closed down, everyone went to Camelot, which was actually closer to me. And so they played there for a little bit, but they didn't really maintain their sticks or anything. So everyone just kind of scattered after that. And then Rob actually said, you know, Hey, come down to, to Regency. And, you know, we have we have a lot of good players, and there's like Short Term and Ricky, Dorian, um, you know, Black Wan and all that stuff. And and I went down there, and and uh, I was not welcomed. Um, you got to be kidding me, dude. I, I mean, if, if, you know, if Rob was there, Dorian was there. I mean, we was cool with them. But like the first time I was playing, I was just wrecking everybody there, and they didn't know who I was. They never heard of me. They they didn't know who I was. So I, actually. Damn. Regency Ricky almost got in a fist fight with me what? Be, be, because he just goes, you just run away. You do this. And, and he was just getting so mad. And then he went up to me and, you know, like, like, Hey, you want to fight almost, you know? And so he, you know, and that, that's how bad it got. And everybody else, like, I didn't know anybody at Regency beside Rob. And I don't think he was there that day, but he just told me to swing by. And I was like, you know, we're, you know, this, this is how you play. You play MSP. What do you want to do? Rush you down? You want me to rush you down with Santhrax? You know what? If I could just interject really quick. Uh, for those of you that are listening, uh, this game, there are certain characters that allow you to dictate what kind of pace um, the match goes on. Certain characters allow you to just run away uh, the entire match, meaning that you make it so that you don't engage with the opponent. And for the opponent, especially in an arcade setting, it's extremely frustrating because there are a lot of factors like uh, your pride is being affected. Like I can't execute my game plan. Number two is you're losing money. If if I'm putting quarter after quarter and this guy keeps doing the same thing and he's beating me, yeah, it's gonna get frustrating. And number three, there's a line. This is this is back when you had seven, eight people with quarters in front of you. I mean, that's a long ass time to for you in. to wait just to put in your quarter and then have the opponent run away the whole time. And unfortunately, I mean, that's just how it is. That's it's part of the game. It's adaptive dice. Yeah. So just to put, you know, context on on why somebody would get to the point of like, dude, I, I want to punch this guy in the face because of this. <laughs> yeah. So he so he got frustrated enough to want to get into a fight. Yeah, I mean, he was yelling at me and I <laughs> and and that, but you know, after that first time, after that we were cool. You know, cuz you know, he you know, he's when the new guy comes in and he just beats everyone at your arcade, You'll get kind of mad, right? Um, but how, you know, how did you res- how did you respond to uh, Ricky when he did this? Well, I mean, I yelled at him just what I said to you guys. I'm like, what do you, what do you want me to do? Rush you down? You, you want me to rush you down with Sentinel? Like, you know, Ricky. <laughs> you, know, you know, Ricky's not the most rushed down character. I mean, he runs away a lot too. You know, but he just got <laughs> yeah, he just got super frustrated. And I mean, I, it's understandable, right? If you you can't win and, and 
someone new comes in, you know, I mean, especially in our community, right? If some new guy comes up, you, you want to push him down rather than help him. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, there's a pecking order and you have to establish what the ranking system is. When somebody comes in and they just, I mean, I feel like that's, that's kind of what I did when I, when I first started showing up and kind of like ruffled a few feathers. So dude, it's, a, it's crazy that you're telling me that you showed up and everybody was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, eventually you ended up being cool with everybody. Yeah, everybody. You know, I was really cool with because after you know Rob came and you know was like I know this guy, all this stuff, and and you know it, I got respect just from the people rather than that. And and I really tried to help everyone that wanted to be helped. Um, I think that's. I mean, I don't want to take all credit, but the reason why a lot of people from Regency got better is because. I would help them. I'd be like, you need, you need to do this better. You need to do this better. You know, you shouldn't do this. Don't use supers here. Whatever it was, I wanted to make them better because if they were better, I was better. If I'm beating crap, that's, dude, that's you know, the mindset. Right? right and there. so I would try to help everyone and it became more like a family. We would, you know, grab some pizza and, and you know, hang out and, and stuff like that. Um, but I really try to help people. Some people you just couldn't help. They just didn't want your advice or, right. you know, they just thought, you know, it was condescending or something because. Um, but Who specifically do you feel? Uh, reacted that way i mean i i think some people just couldn't get better like dara i mean he didn't reject oh my, my advice but it's kind of like he never really improved where like everybody else at regency kind of improved a lot where like jtron ivan uh they they were not good right but they after a while they got super good it was like me rob dorian were were you know really good already and, and we eventually got better, you know, playing, but, you know, there's guys like Ricky was pretty good, but he got a lot better. And, you know, like Jtron, Ivan, they got way better. Right. Um, and so, yeah, when, when, uh, when I got there, Ricky was a, a monster. Like he would go on a streak for 20 wins at least. Um, and this is when, when it was just him, like me, Carlos, a couple of the other low level guys, like we couldn't touch him at all. And, it's it's like I, I could notice the skill gap and I just thought to myself, how am I going to close this? You know what I mean? Um, but you, typically, like when you would go, it was just the same guys, right? Like the ones that you mentioned, like Jason, Short Term, Black Juan, like it was just you guys. No, I mean, we had a, a good 20 people there most nights. Uh, and I mean, I would run tournaments every Friday, sometimes Saturdays, and we would get at least 10, 12 entrants every time up to like mm -hmm. 16, sometimes more if other arcades came down. But to have 12 people on a on a random Friday come every every time and, you know, some people went in because they either weren't good, had to leave, whatever. But get a 12 people, it's pretty it was a pretty good turnout. So we would have 20 people and we would have two cabs and uh, other people would just be watching. So I would say, you know, 20 to 30 people all the time. You were the one that was running the, the tournaments? Yeah, I was running. How, how did you learn how to do that? I feel like it's a very complicated process. It was harder on, on the arcade cab uh, more, but I just kind of just, you know, everyone wanted to see how good they were. And I, I think it was something where I wanted everyone to get a tournament setting rather than just casuals. Like every game matters. Like don't, even if you only have one character, keep trying. Because when I was in the arcade, if I lost, that was my quarter. So even if I had 1% chance to win, I would try because that 1%, that might save me a quarter. You know, when you're, you're a kid, you, that, that matters, right? <laughs> oh yeah, it does. Even when you're an adult too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's why like, if you see duck playing and he has no chance to win, you're like, duck, just give up. He won't give up. You have to kill him. Yeah. That's the mentality, bro. Of just having a never say die. Yeah. And this is back but when, uh, like 2000, I, I want to say 2008, right? 
I think I started going there maybe like 2005 or six. Well, I mean, by the time that you were already doing the TO stuff, yeah, like the I'd tournament organizer stuff, yeah. like 2008. Yeah. So this is when smartphones are starting to kind of become more more developed, you know, more modern, I guess. So back then, you couldn't really just pull up your phone and and go to let's say challenge.com and and generate a bracket you'd have to actually take out a sheet of paper or whatever you could find and write this out yourself and it's if you didn't know what you were doing i mean you were in for a long night so the fact that you were able to put that together dude that's pretty that's pretty fucking awesome it's impressive yeah uh it is during the arcade era arcade era is still booming so you have we have all of our different spots like uh, family fun arcade in granada hills james games in upland uh what else um super arcade Super Arcade, yeah. Super Arcade was already kind of on its way out, right? Uh, did, were there anybody, any killers from these arcades that would stop by at Regency during this time? I mean, like Potter and Bill would stop by, sometimes Ace, uh, sometimes a family fun crew. Very seldomly would come, like Finesse, uh, Fanatic, Mega Man DS. Finesse, dude, one of my one of my uh, favorite players. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, I thought he was really good, but he hardly ever traveled, so you couldn't really tell... How well he would have done, he just never traveled outside family fun. Well, he did go to Evo one year. Yeah. Right? He went to Evo. Um, the main consensus was that his skills couldn't translate from arcade to console. I mean... Which is a, another topic in itself, right? I mean, I feel like that's that's a tough one, but I, most people could. So for him to not be able to is kind of like... I don't really believe that. I mean... You could play slightly worse, but if you're that much better than everyone, if you're slightly worse, you'd still be really good. Yeah, because on those FFA, FFA cabinets, he was a monster, bro. And those caps weren't very good. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if that's what you're used to, I mean, you eventually you eventually find a way to, you know, make it work for you. I guess. I mean, the guy was streaking on a on a bunch of different people at, you know, multiple nights. Um, I wish we could see him do a comeback and and. Uh, try his his meta out today you know in today's climate but that's that might be a long shot already (laughs) (laughs) um so around this time this is where our our paths cross right this is when i started going to regency and i was on my like this is before i got into the whole chaotic one uh personality i guess the persona I was just a guy that wanted to just go to the arcade, get some games in, get better, whatever. And when I got to Regency, I noticed that it was kind of like that. Um, There wasn't any hostility yet, I feel. I was just kind of seeing everything happen outside the bubble. Like I would show up, play, put my quarter up, whatever, do my best. And then I would see you guys like, hey, let's go go get something to eat or let's go grab a slice from the guy next door. Pino's Pizza. (laughs) <laughs> and uh you know those buffalo wings that were just covered in tapatio sauce um and from an outsider's perspective me going through like an identity crisis like i don't know who i am what i want to do with my life you know it's like i, wa- I wanted to be a part of that um that that leads me to my next point and that's you had a two-on-two money match with uh fanatic and Mega Man ds Two guys from Family Fun Arcade that decided to make the drive down to Regency, and this was a classic arcade versus arcade showdown. Can you can you walk us through how that how that went down? Uh, yeah, so they wanted to come down and just play for you know two on two, and and, and um, so it was me and Jtron actually played uh, Fanatic and BB Hood um, before Mega Man DS got there. 
and uh, I think we beat them like three sets. I, I don't know if they beat them, beat us one or zero, but it was kind of just like a warm up match. It was it wasn't much. And then the the bigger one was them, Mega Man DS and Fnatic versus me and Clockwork, and we smoked them four zero. And um, you know it's tough because if you don't have your own arcade stick, you're not used to it. But you know we said you know pick whatever side you want, go ahead, warm up, do whatever. Where when we would go to Family Fun, it wouldn't be the same setting, right? Where if I went to a tournament and I had to play Fnatic, he just instantly called, I got player one side because he knew what side was better, right? And, you know, we would always have to be flipping a coin because I'm like, whatever side he wants is probably the better side. So we're going to flip a coin every time <laughs> we play yeah. in the tournament, right? And he would just do stuff where it would be, he would be like, you know, like I remember one time Sue, uh, Sue Mighty, Sue Mighty lost in the, or was still in the tournament and Fnagory got lost out. He's like, I'm going to take Sue's spot. He's leaving. Like you're, you're lost. You, you, you can't just re get in the tournament, right? Um, that grimy son of a bitch. Dude. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Ken. Nah, oh, you don't want to know, dude. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, we played these in, in the the sets. We played the two on two. We would be two out of threes. So it wouldn't be like a Pokemon style. It'd be like, okay, I play Fnatic two out of three. If I beat them, then I play Mega Man DS two out of three. And if I beat them both, then we win the set. And if you know one of them beats me, then they have to play clockwork or vice versa. Right. And I just pretty much, uh, there was one match that fanatic had all three characters. He had storm in all I had was Sentinel. Uh, I, I got like a launch on storm in the corner and then air comboed him, knocked him down, got unblockable, nice. got unblockable on Psylocke. Yes. Launched, launched her up, air comboed, unblockable her again, and then unblockable Magneto for the win. Yes, I remember oh that exact God. sequence because God. I was in the back watching. I remember showing up and uh, nobody had their quarters up. Like, it was just you guys, and I asked somebody, like, what's going on? They're like, oh, this is a, it's a money match. Like, it's Wes and so-and-so versus uh, these two guys from this other arcade. And I'm like, oh. Like, oh, shit. Like, this, I, I could feel that everybody was invested and eyes were just, everybody was just glued to the cabinet. And I remember seeing that sequence and I was like, holy shit. And what, was that the, the, that was the end of the match, right? That was the end of the match, yeah. And then we played another set. What an emphatic way to close out. And it, it, I, I'll never remember this, but it was the same kind of sequence where he had all three characters and only had Sentinel. And I think I hit him with like a crouching roundhouse as he was landing with Storm, right? He was just trying to run away. And I, I just thought, you know, I'm going to stick out this crouching roundhouse and see if it hits him. And then the same thing happened where I got an unblockable on Psylocke. I think I missed the unblockable on Magneto, but it was like one-on-one -on -one and I just clutched it out. And, and I remember him screaming, not again! <laughs> and like, you know, get come back twice in, 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 in a few sets. But it was it was definitely the the, the clutch factor, the scars. <laughs> yeah, bro. but what, right when he was losing, that's why he said, "Not again!" <laughs> and they were just and then so we ran a tournament after the money matches, and uh, we had Fnatic and Mega Man DS on opposite sides of the brackets. Because and then so oh boy, I already know where this is going. So I I can't remember who Fnatic lost to. I think he might have lost to Rob or. Somebody else, I don't remember who Mega Man DS, but in, in there's only, I think, six people left uh, or eight people left at most, and they were playing each other. And so they come up to me and they go, hey, you know, I drove with this guy all this way. Like, you know, I don't, you know, can you float us? I'm like, you start on opposite sides of the brackets. Like, you know, we had whatever, 30 people in this tournament. There, there's eight people left. Like, you're just going to have to play each other. Like, we're not going to float you, right? For our uh, listeners, can you explain what that means? What, what does floating somebody mean? That means like if, if uh, most of the time when you start 
uh, a bracket if you'd like two really good players are playing each other or people that you carpooled with and like you know like say you went to like a really big tournament you're like I, don't, I didn't drive all this way to play my friend right so they'll float you before the tournament starts like oh you know we, we messed up we we didn't know you guys were friends or you know if if you know justin and yipes played first round they're like that doesn't make any sense we need to float you to a different part of the so bracket. so basically swap you with with somebody else's name on on a different part of the bracket a different part of the bracket okay. and this would happen a lot because back then if we traveled i mean it would be like four or five of us that would pack into our fucking mazda miata and <laughs> and go God. to and go to an arcade so i could see this happening a lot um i never really complained about it too much like if it was me or like if i have to play carlos like i'm, I'm gonna beat him regardless so it doesn't really matter um, but if you play him first round, it's different. But if yeah. you play him second or third round, or you know, losers top eight, like, well, you're already far in the tournament, right? Like, you know, just live up with it, right? Yeah. So, but then Black Wan comes up and he goes, you know what? Float him, float him. Go ahead, just float him. Do whatever they want. Float him. So he, he's like, Black Wan's like, I'll play Fnatic, and so I'm like, fine, whatever. If you, if you guys agree to it, what will we'll float him? And then both of them end up losing. So Black Wan lost, and Mega Man Dios lost. I think the next round uh, in top eight, and then. What happened was I was looking for the brackets to write it down, and Fnatic just stole the brackets. He, <laughs> he stole the brackets. He wanted no point or what? evidence of their that them losing, and so they wow. were gone. They, they once they lost, they bounced and they stole the brackets. <laughs> but since there's only like you know five people left, four people left in the tournament, like I knew who was still in the tournament. But right. I mean that's crazy, right? You like, really have to steal the bracket, bro. Like really? <laughs> it's just this piece of paper with. With I guess the the record of five dollar buy in really it means that much to you. You didn't want to take the L. Oh my God, it was dude. never there. It was never it was there. Never this never there. happened, dude. You scrap the evidence, huh? Yeah, not again. <laughs> but what I do remember from that time, Wes, was uh, like I knew who you were, and I knew how good you were. And I remember after that set was done, like and you got off. I remember telling you, I said, "Good shit, Wes." Like it was a genuine like good shit, and you gave me this look, like, bro, don't fucking talk to me, dude. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> no, it wasn't like that, but yeah. it was kind of like, hey, dude, we're not, like, we're not like like boundaries, right? Like boundaries, like, hey, dude, we're not, we're not cool like that. Yeah, you know, I I don't know, I don't remember that, but I'm I a lot of times like if you play a big set, you want your boys to tell you that, right? And if somebody that I don't really know, it's not like. Oh, go fuck yourself, right? But it's like, you're not the person that I wanted to say good games. You know, I wanted yeah. Regency players to be like, good shit, you did it for Regency. Not like, this guy told me good games. Like, okay. hey, good job, buddy. Yeah. Like, I'm like a nobody. Yeah. Like some guy playing fucking uh, Pac-Man, you know, on the side. I mean, it's not that, but, you know, it's just kind of like I wanted, you know, my crew to tell me. I, right, right. I think, which, which makes sense, you know. And that's just, those are like that's like arcade rhetoric that i would just didn't know like i i didn't know how this this uh i don't know what the, what the phrase that like code of conduct i guess but it completely makes sense that when you when you break it down that way it was very tense it was a very tense set because it's it's arcade versus arcade so if they would have won they, they would have drove all the way back with the victory and pumped their chest and and gone on SRK and typed up, you know, in the forum, like, hey, guys, this is what we did. But you guys sent them packing. I'm sure it was uh, it was an awful feeling. I remember somebody saying something about Fnatic losing to uh, J-Tron. I, I know Fnatic lost to Ricky. 
he lost to Ricky, but they were saying that Fnatic's style at the time was so like he was used to um, like back and forth, like you go, I go, plus plus on block. You know what I mean? Like, like frame data. Like his his gameplay was very frame data oriented, and Regency players were used to scrambling it out, dude. If I'm in a spot where I know that I can throw out a a low kick or a jab and it's going to interrupt your flow, like you guys would do that, yeah. and they weren't used to that. So the consensus was, well, well, not the consensus, but people were saying that um, Fnatic lost because he couldn't bring his his play level down down to what you guys were doing. I mean, back then it was if you were hitting buttons, yeah. it was looked down upon, right? Like if I'm trying to reset you and hit you from the other side, you're expected to block, not mash, not mash, yeah. So that's that could have contributed towards them losing. But either way, it doesn't matter because. They had to take the L at the end of the day. Yeah, a win is a win. Yeah, a win's a win, and that's it. They had to pay. How much did you guys play? Did you guys play for? I think it was like twenty bucks or oh. a head or forty bucks a head. But I mean, after four sets, yeah, it's up. Might as well have been a hundred dollars. Yeah, hundred dollars a game. <laughs> um, from your perspective, okay, because now we're we're kind of getting to the meat and potatoes here, right? Uh, after that, were there any? Were there anybody? Was there anybody who you would have considered? Uh, Arrival, since you were kind of at the top of the mountain, right? And was there anybody that you felt was giving you a run for your money? I mean, Dorian was really good. I would say he was the guy that if I didn't play hard, he could beat me. Um, I think other arcades, there was, you know, there was people that were good, like Sue was really good. So I actually have a story about Sue, actually. Um, So 2007 to 2009, was when I was getting like super good. And I felt like in around 2008, 2009, I was, I wouldn't say unbeatable, but I was definitely one of the top 10, 15 players. It was hard to tell because um, there was not a lot of big tournaments and not everyone traveled. So you just had Evo and that was it. So uh, 2000, I think eight, I got fifth at Evo. Um, and so so that I just felt like at that point I was really good. So I think somewhere late 2008, uh, we had this session in Irvine, and it was Y2J, Wentinel, Combo Fiend, CYF George, um, Robzilla, Luke from Hawaii. Um, killers, dude. Nothing but killers, bro. Yeah, it was Sue and um, maybe a few other play- players. So w- I wanted to show everybody how good I was. So we had two setups, and Sue started on one setup, and I was on the other. So you know, we would rotate Combo Fiend and you know Y2J, all these all these players, right? I think we played maybe five, six hours. I didn't lose a single set. We played two out of threes, maybe three out of five. I think it was two out of threes. I didn't lose a single set for six hours. Sue was on the other TV. I don't. I think maybe he lost one set. So the whole night, me and Sue didn't play at all. Not a single match, and I didn't lose once. And then at the very end of the night, me and Sue played, and I beat Sue three two, I think. Nice. And so I just, I, I think that's the the most try hard I've ever tried in casuals because I I wanted to show like. I'm better than everyone in this room, including Sue and Combo Veen and all these guys, right? And so, um, yeah, I've never tried so hard, and, and I just I was just laser focused in in, in that set. Um, it actually cost me a little bit in in Evo 2009 um, that Sue beat me in losers finals of our pool to make it out because he knew he probably not going to beat me with MSP, so he chose MSS and beat me two to one. Shit. So maybe I should have not tried hard. <laughs> <laughs> sandbagged a little bit yeah sandbagged a little bit 
Dude, the, man, the, the talent pool that you just named, dude, it's nothing but killers. This is back when people were still grinding in and out, playing hours on Dreamcast and whatnot. Uh, when I got to that point, okay, I got to a point where I was totally fucking obnoxious, dude. Like, I was just... <laughs> I mean, we talked about this in episode one, right? Like, I right. was just... Uh, you know, Dark Prince and My Chaos had gotten to my ear. And, You're a loose and, cannon. And pumped me up to be this like mosquito like you know persona was just buzzing around and hey look at me hey hey this is what i'm doing look look what i'm doing and it transferred over to regency because i started feeling like okay um i'm not gonna make friends here mm. so you feel like the energy in the room like when yeah you, like when I'm, you not would gonna, go. I'm not gonna make friends here so might as well just shake up the the pecking order of yeah. the the ranking system here and i went for the top dog which was which was Wes, right? I think that maybe I would have had more success if I would have called out like let's say, I don't know, like Black Juan, or started off a little bit lower, you know, like maybe Ricky. But I went right for the top, dude. And I was, dude, I was convinced that I had it in the bag. Like when it came time for our, our money match, I thought, like I got this, I got this. I had just won the the Family Fun Arcade. Um, tournament and that had a bunch of killers we had neo it had reset it had you know i beat finesse in the finals like i thought like this is this is a done deal and then when you and i played it was like the game plan just fell out the window like do you remember our match like what what do you remember about that uh i remember that um you had a certain play style and i had i had i had measures to counter it i was going to play how I normally play, and if something happened, I had little tricks, different teams actually, um, like a Storm Sentinel Psylocke, because I knew you would just rush in and get hit by it. Um, so, but it, it, thank God, dude. It just um, how I, how we the match started. It was just like, well, this isn't so hard. So, I'm just gonna play the way I, I play, and and then it just you know I ended up winning without having to change my game plan at all. Um, but I just knew that you're just going to rush in. So all I have to do is wait for certain cues and just hit you on those cues. Right. And, and it, you know, just, I knew you would be a little nervous cause you didn't play in a lot of big matches. So wow. all your mistakes was just, it was just very simple. I was like, I'm going to play very simple and not make any mistakes, you know, just, just play as simple as I can. And, and if that doesn't work out, okay, I have, I have plan B. I'm going to use be more aggressive or do different things, but I didn't have to. So that, that's what happened. You know how fucking hard this is to talk about, dude. <laughs> Can you tell the people what the score was? I don't even remember. Was it ten three or ten four? That's very nice of you, dude. It was ten two. Oh, was it? I don't even. Remember. <laughs> I remember it was one one. Wow, that was very... okay. So and then it was seven one or something. It was one. Yeah, I remember we were. You just pulled ahead, and dude, everything went out the window because it was the first set that I ever played where. We had we had money on like a large amount of money, right, for what it was, and there were a lot of emotions involved. And I considered myself to be kind of an emotional player. I mean, not so much anymore, right? It, but back then, there's there's a lot of pride. I feel like the game is an extension of yourself. It's it's almost like an extension of, of what you can do physically, right? And if somebody's beating you, it's almost like they're beating you down physically, not just not just mentally. So being there and having an entire arcade 
like everybody was in my ear right even even people that didn't regularly go to the arcade like i remember clockwork was there and clockwork was like let's go west and he was like clapping and shit like that and, and i'm like clock i thought you were my friend man <laughs> there's a lot of people there. what's I mean, going on here dude watson was there too yeah watson yeah, I mean, was there chris magnus yeah. was there like i didn't tell you about this what are you doing here man and uh it's just there were a lot of outside factors and it's uh it kind of adds to the debate right like what do you count more do you count a first to ten uh, you and i in the comfort of our own living room right no outside factors or do you put that extra hurdle of people talking shit and oh he's gonna mess up watch he, he doesn't know how to do that he doesn't you don't got those right and you have to push beyond that also to get your w's it, like it's, it just depends on, on how you look at it right is there money involved is there no money like what do you consider to be more of a win and during our set it was dude every factor imaginable that i had to deal with and i remember watching our matches i only saw them once dude once and i, I don't even think i finished the whole set i had to like turn it off like oh this is this is terrible because I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing at all. Like, I remember I did a, like, sweep with, with uh, Magneto. Like, I did sweep, super jump cancel, dash down roundhouse sweep. OTG? Yeah, OTG. Okay. And then I did I super jump. Instead of doing the ROM, I, like, super jump. And I did short, short, hyper grab Tempest. Like, mid-screen. And Wes just... Mashed right out of that. Yeah. Especially someone of his and caliber. looking back at it, I'm like, dude, what, like, what am I doing? But it's all part of the learning process, right? Like you're put in a, in a tough situation and I just... You make decisions that yeah. you normally just don't make. You make decisions on the fly in general. And ultimately, I made all the wrong ones, dude. And it was a huge slice of uh, humble pie that I had to eat at the end of the day. And then afterwards, Wes, you and I, we were able to go outside. Like we went outside and I was just beating myself up, dude. This was a pivotal moment between you yeah. two. Wes went out there and he... and he basically gave me some tough love and he's like, dude, you were fucking up. You did this, you did that. Like you shouldn't have been doing this. Um, I mean, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. I remember going out. Yeah. And that was the last thing that I expected Wes to, uh, to do because there was just so much animosity and I had never taken it upon myself to go after like an entire arcade. Right. Like I wanted to go in there and say, I'm better than all of Regency, not knowing what I was getting myself into. Like, there's levels. And Wes kind of brought me, down, like, you brought me right back down to where I was. Like, okay, you're not, you're not there yet. You're not even close to being there yet. And it really was a pivotal moment because that made me just kind of switch everything up. Okay, I'm not that good. I'm not with these other guys, you know, like, like Dark Prince and Mike. They, they were building me up saying that I was at a certain level and it, it was clear that I wasn't there yet, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Embarrassing to say the least, but definitely something that was, um, a learning experience. Like I, I always tell you, dude, even when we're like drinking or whatever, I'll say, Hey man, you saved me, bro. <laughs> you saved my life. You know, the, the, the funny thing is like when, when you win, you don't remember your wins because you're supposed to win, right? If you're that good, you're supposed to win. But the losses, you remember all of them. And, and you can learn from your losses or you could just ignore them, right? And so I would learn the most by losing. You know, every time I lost, I go, why did I lose? Did I have bad spacing? What did I do? Did I waste supers? Like, so, and when you're in the arcade and you have to wait seven, eight people 
Oh, you know, God, you, you think about it, right? You, those losses hurt, you know, but when you win, you're just like, I'm better than you. I should have won, you know, so you don't learn anything from winning sometimes, but losing, I've learned the most by losing. I always say that too. That's, that's crazy how that works. You guys ever notice that when we're like, if we're running casuals on Dreamcast, I can tell you maybe 20% of what happened the last match. And then two matches later, it's gone. Like, I can't tell you what happened two matches beforehand. That Like, I feel like I have short-term memory loss when it comes to uh, <laughs> um, just, like, sets in general. Like, I can remember my big losses or whatever, but I couldn't tell you, hey, you know, that time we were playing at Hernan's, I remember you did this. Like, I, that's gone. Yeah. Like, that's completely <laughs> gone. Because uh, the game is just, there's just too much going on for you to, to remember. Right. Yeah. So what happened afterwards? Um, you, you mentioned uh, Evo 2009, right? That was the same year that you and I played. Um, how did you do that year? I know you mentioned Sumaidi. Oh, so so 2009 was actually wild. So I we were drinking like crazy bef- the night before. I probably had like 15 shots or something. I was super hungover, and pools used to start really early for some games. So at 8 a.m., I had to be there, and and I would probably went to bed at 3 a.m. or something. So I was super hungover. First round, barely stumbled there, no warm up, whatever. I played preppy first round, and I lose first Shit. round, right? And I remember Carlos being there and, and watching the match. Yeah. And I, I, I felt like he probably told you like, oh, Wes isn't that good. He can't be preppy. And I, I felt like that was one of the reasons why you wanted a money match also. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Um, I don't I don't remember um, if well, I know that we had an exchange like on SRK. And I think that's primarily what it was. Uh, and it was because I was annoying as fuck, dude. On, on the on the forums yeah. no really like i'd be on there and be hey man did you guys see that combo i did on fucking iron maiden ha <laughs> 45 hits man you know thumbs up the little freaking emojis yeah. like thumbs up <laughs> thumbs up thumbs up and you were like the only guy to call me out on my shit and say hey dude you need to fucking knock it off like <laughs> i remember i would say that everything was intense and you called me on it like oh does everything have to be intense is everything hype and i'm like what Oh, yeah, we're going to play for some money now. <laughs> well, I remember we were supposed to play, and it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed until it was supposed to be like June or something, and then it got pushed back to after Evo. Yeah. So I didn't know if like you are like, oh, you can't be preppy, so I could be this guy. I didn't know if that... That's had- probably... that's If I would have... I don't remember hearing about that. Um, if I did, that probably would have been extra motivation, but I don't think there's anything I could have done to win at all. Yeah, but I, I just thought maybe you thought I was worse. No way, dude. Um, I mean, like I did win the FFA tournament, right? Yeah. But it was on console. So I'm not sure. I mean, there's a lot of what ifs, right? right. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I, f- I feel like I would have lost because even I could have had all the execution in the world, but I didn't have the experience to go along with it. Remember, I, I my order was completely backwards. I built the execution first and then I got the experience afterwards where a lot of people like for those of you listening like Wes, his style is very fundamental based. He does nothing that's overly fancy um, that requires overexertion. Like everything that he does is, is calculated and is straightforward. Like, and, and that's how he gets his wins. He's very efficient. Yeah. So back then I was probably doing things that were way more execution heavy than you at the time. Right. Yeah. But it didn't mean a damn thing because 
if if I don't have the opportunity to land those things, yeah, he can't land a hit. So yeah, I couldn't land the hit at all, or I yeah. would land it, and I'd get nervous and and drop drop an input, or um, I would do something that cost me the match altogether. Instead of killing a character, I tried to go for something fancy, you know, to please the crowd, and it just ended up backfiring in my face. Um, but whatever, I lost the set, and it is what it is. So. Yeah, I don't think there's a, there's anything I could have done to help me in that scenario. Probably not. But yeah, so back to Evo 2009. So then my pool already had Duck, Stanford, Sue, Combo Fiend, Jesus. Reset, Wow, and Crizzle. So that was my Damn, pool. So my pool was hard, and there's other pools I had almost nobody. Like I think Mad Booface got out winner side because he had to be like Blackheart King or something to get top eight. Um, but my, my pool is hard. So losing first round is really hard because every round you don't win, you have to play double the matches. Yeah, so exactly. So I went on a, the, one of the craziest losers run where I think I beat Combo Fiend, Reset, Krizzle, and then I had to play Sue in losers finals. I, I think I beat two or three other people along the long way, but I lost it to Sue two to one, else I would have probably got top five again back-to-back years. Um, but yeah, beating, being hung over, it was just a, it was, it was a struggle. <laughs> and by the time I got to Sue, I was just like, I just want this to be over. Like, it was just, you know, <laughs> and then I thought Sue would play MSP and he chose MSS. So that really threw me for a loop. Um, so I think he won game one. I won game two. Um, and it was really close game three and I think he, he won. So did you participate in any, uh, money matches afterwards? Anything exciting? Um, cause that was the year that Sanford took on, uh, for the West Coast, right? Or was that the year after? I can't remember what year it was. I mean, I played little money matches here and there. I remember um, playing like Genghis and Tin and all these other oh, random people, but nothing like huge money matches. It wasn't It wasn't like it was in the middle or like the past few years where there's kind of like a lot of big money matches. It was kind of like, hey, if you're there, I'll play you for 50 bucks. Yeah. Bucks. But nothing like set up. Like there's no salty sweet back then. Well, you had your moments also, because I remember you playing against Justin Wong I play, uh, in tournament. Yeah, I played Justin in tournament. And you were close. Dude. You were close to taking him out. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a close match. Um, I remember Justin after the match was like, good shit, man. Like, you know, like, you're pretty good. Like, you know, and I lost to Smooth and Losers 2-1. to one. Yeah, did you tell him to fuck off because you're not Regency? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smooth was good back then but yeah I, I guess i should have beat smooth but yeah i mean it was an experience it was the first time i was like on the main stage yeah i think i got a little nervous against justin in game two and i think if if i had another shot i probably could at least beat smooth probably not justin but probably beat smooth have you seen any of uh smooth's latest performances no i haven't seen he's any. getting back into shape dude we talked about this a couple episodes ago That's he's right. It would be interesting to see you play him. Uh, I mean, obviously, you'd have to get warmed up or whatever, but it'd be interesting to see you guys run it back. Um, he's getting back to where he, he used to be, if not already better. So that's that would be something to, to see if we can get be, you out of retirement yeah, for the right a, match. That would be exciting, yeah, for the right match to get West back in there. I don't know. I don't, I don't something, have... something to like light that fire again. You know what I mean? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough order, boys. Tough order to fill. <laughs> um, after uh, Evo, t- I, there's something that I did want to ask you because uh, we talked about it earlier, and that was 
the the climate of evo like tournament results versus how the meta is today you see a lot of people gaining upsets on other players uh where back then i guess you wouldn't really see upsets too much you would only see the same top eight people for the most part your justin wong's your sanford's your sumites um, it was it was always the same people like why do you think that back then there weren't as many upsets even in a two out of three environment no less it was always the same people I think the the skill gap was huge, right? And you could go to like other games like Smash Brothers Melee where they had the five gods. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it's like the five god, the five different players won every tournament for like three years or something. No, 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 nobody else won a tournament because the skill gap was so large. Like even if they had an off day, they could still beat the 10th best player in the world. And I think the Marvel gap was also big that, you know, people like Justin and, and Sanford and Yipes, they just knew the game much better than everyone else. And um, th- there was a, you had to, be, the execution wasn't as good as it is today. So even if like, you know, a random MSP hits you, the odds are they would drop you or do or have to do a reset. And, and they, they weren't efficient. It wasn't a one hit kill type of thing. So even if you, you know, you're a good player, you get hit, you have two or three opportunities to win and, and you'll just clutch it out with experience and you're just better. So even at a two out of three, very few upsets right like rob versus justin was one of the big ones um tin beat yipes i think one in the first round one yeah i do remember that so but but there's very few and you would think you know with 10 years of marvel being playing there's like three or four upsets in the whole tournament that's that's crazy but i think the skill gap was big and and just a lot of players just got really nervous and and marvel's a game where high execution so if you're not used to it you're not going to perform well Plus the extraneous factors that we mentioned, like people in the background, mm-hmm. the all the additional hype and stuff like that. Um, I do remember in 2009, Blackheart King took out uh, Chunksta. And Chunksta was coming off of a second place hot streak um, from Evil the year prior. So everybody thought that he was like the odd-on favorite. And Blackheart King took him out. And that was like, I, you know, I heard he was, you know, tucked away in a corner, like his head down, just kind of contemplating life because of that loss and like it back then i guess it wouldn't happen that much but it's it does happen every once in a while yeah you just know you just never know yeah i think chunk was notorious for not playing being able to play against random characters like you'd always lose against a cami um but yeah blackheart is just he wasn't used to it so he, he could lose it, it is a very particular matchup, right? Like the black run, not a lot of yeah. people main him. So if you don't know what you're doing, it's right. easy to, to lose that matchup for sure. Run into stupid things, yeah. especially, um, in, you know, a lot of like impatient players, they'll, they'll yeah. get eaten up by black heart if you don't know the matchup. So I think that uh, 2009 was probably the last great year for Marvel 2 tournament wise. Like I know that we had 2010, but that was on PS3. A lot of people, you know, kind of put a asterisk next to that because it, it wasn't, it's not really considered legit, I guess. Um, depending on your own perspective. Did you want to go to Evo 2010? Did you end up going? I went, but I, I, I kind of retired by that time, more or less. Like, uh, it was the time where we didn't even know if Marvel 2 would be at the tournament. It was like a last-minute add-in. So I wasn't really practicing. I'm like, I don't think we're going to even have Marvel 2 at Evo. So why even play? So I went. I don't even remember what happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, was, it, was, it ran fine, I, I remember. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really play much not, not much to speak about right no i mean around this time um you and i we had kind of like gotten a little bit closer uh we had finally crossed that bridge you know kind of put everything behind us and we were um, getting games in with hernan aka deviant uh wherever he is i mean hopefully he's still alive but 
We'd get together at his place and we'd run um, Dreamcast sessions. We'd run round robins on who would buy food afterwards. Super fun times, dude. We'd go to uh, Taqueria de Anda. Oh wow! <laughs> one of the one of the best spots, dude. If you want, you know, uh, authentic, um, you know, Mexican food, we'd get the Al Pastor burritos. Oh yeah, dude! Ridiculously good, dude. Our, it was around this time that Neo was stepping onto the scene. Right, 2009. He, him, and I were kind of like on a similar path to the top. Um, when 2010 came around, he was already ahead of me. He was already taking on on marquee money matches and stuff like that. He decides to call call you out after uh, he played uh, he played Dorian, right? Yeah, I think he played Dorian. He played Dorian first. Yeah. Okay, so he called out Dorian from Regency, and he drove down to to Regency Arcade. Do were you there for that one? Yeah, I was there for that. Okay, one. you need to break it down for me because I wasn't I wasn't there, but I did hear a few things. How did that, how did that match go in your eyes? Uh Dorian is a player who's really good casually, but when it comes to like really big stakes, he gets nervous. So uh Dorian in my opinion should have won that one. Like I've never seen him drop guard breaks with Iron Man, and I think he dropped like 3 of them, which was pivotal matches. Um in a money match, it's kind of like you know, a lot of times it'll be like, you know, five, five and, you know, whoever wins this one, it swings, right? right. If you drop two, instead of being up seven, five, you're down seven, five. And I think he just got down a little bit and he just got super nervous and, and he just dropped. I've never seen him drop this stuff. And, um, but he, he didn't like playing in tournaments. Like, I think he went to Evo one time, uh, and almost beat Sanford. And I remember Sanford saying his team was stupid. Um, <laughs> and for the viewers, who was Dorian playing? Uh, Dorian is combo fiend. So same as your team. Magneto, Iron Man, Sentinel. Yeah. Uh, but Dorian would play Rocket Punch. Rocket Punch, yeah, of mm. course. Yeah. Okay. He was one of the one of the first players that I saw would knock you down into Rocket Punch without any unfly needed. Yeah. With Iron Man. And also, he would have this Magneto combo where he would rom you and then do the Tempest in the air into Iron Man assist and then continue the rom. Yeah. And so he was really good. He was really innovative. He was very execution based, like you are. Like he was very clean. Right, he may, he wasn't as fast as you, but he was definitely very clean, and he he had the unblockable or the guard break where he couldn't escape with Iron Man, and and this was really good. So I thought he would beat Neo, but Neo's very patient, so he just kind of lamed him out. Doran would just drop things when he had it, and I don't remember the final score, maybe, but it was pretty close, like ten six or something like, something like that. Yeah. Or no, no, it was uh, first to fifteen, yeah, right? It was first to fifteen, yeah. So, but it wasn't. But yeah, I think Doran was just super nervous and. I, mean, I wasn't playing that much at the time, but Neo really wanted to play. And so yeah. I said, you know, I'll play. And I watched some of his matches, and this is pretty lame, I guess. Um, but, you know, I played him, and I didn't, I, you know, I didn't win. Um, so, you know, props to Neo for, for that match. But and a lot of stipulations, too. Well, before we get into that, because that, that's what that's what the conversation was yeah. leading to, was um, Neo had developed a style that we had already seen, right? It was like a lame... Um, Santhrax, but you could tell that he was he was really in tune with Sentinel Commando. Like you know how some people are known for their characters, yeah. And the same thing, like he wasn't doing anything over that required overexertion or anything like that. It was just fundamentally sound Sentinel Commando, and a lot of people, myself included, were losing to it. And the, I mean, it's it's controversial in its in its own case to think about the first to 15 format because nobody was really doing that back mm. then. It was always first to five, first to seven, first to 10, right? Um, in your opinion, do you feel like a first to 10 would have been enough? Yeah. I mean, I think first 10, I think the one thing is he really wanted coaching. 
So okay, and I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't think money matches should have coaching. You should play by mm. yourself. But he was very adamant about, oh, look, we need coaching, we need this, we need that. I'm like, oh, whatever. Okay, we'll play. But so I think that that also helped him in the money match, where you know it also makes you feel more comfortable, right? Yeah. Where yeah. You know, your friend is in your ear talking. Where you know I, I I don't think that should be. I mean, we don't have that anymore, right? Um, but Neo just really wanted that coaching. I think that gave him a, a pretty big advantage, like watch his meter, watch him do this, watch him do that. And it's kind of like, you know, not that it's, it just, it just gave him a big advantage, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Having a coach is, is, is pivotal because you can, uh, Marvel being like a very emotional game, you can swing between sets or swing between games and you could feel a certain way. And then you can have your friends come up to you and be like, Hey, you're probably doing this wrong. He could point out to you literally what your opponent is already exploiting and you have, and then, so then your opponent again has to readjust. I mean, it's, it's a big advantage. I know they might not be playing for you, but I mean, just the fact that they're pointing out something that you're maybe doing and some habit that you're, that you're constantly getting punished on. It's, it's big. It's a big deal. Do you feel like that, that uh, was the case when Sanford played against Duck at Evo 2006? Yeah. hundred percent. I think that Justin being a coach, Oh yeah, dude, come uh, it on. is just it was just completely unfair when Sue is Duck's coach. I mean, Sue has no idea how to play Spiral. I mean, what's Sue gonna say? Fuck him up, Duck. Fuck him up, Duck. Throw more knives. Like he has no idea. But Justin would be like, no, no, do a super here, do that. Right? It's yeah. It, I I wouldn't mind it as much if it was after the match and you come up to your your guy and go, you know, you gotta do this more, this more. But mid match, it's like, come on, man. Like it's kind of. I don't believe that should be part of the game. It's just another thing to add to the list, right, of what we were talking about when it comes to outside factors. Like, not all of them are bad. In this case, having a coach could make the difference between you either losing or winning the set. So it's it's another case of, well, shit, man. I mean, do we count all factors and the results on, on what weighs more? Or do we count, you know, just you playing by yourself? just depends on how you look at it right yeah all resources available or just what you have available yourself i guess just using your own thought I, mean, process. I don't mind if people are screaming in my ear or whatever i mean it's kind of like if you go to a basketball game right and you have the away crowd and they're waving things in your face on a free throw mm-hmm. i mean you're gonna be like please don't do that like we need to be fair and equal no that's not right <laughs> but no one's you know coaching in the game you know for you and, and doing different things so you don't have like a you know like in football if they're like hey you know this guy's open on the left throat over there mid you know after you see their defense yeah you know, that'd be cheating right that's why they turn off the mics after you know the play clock goes right so that's a, that's something that i do want to ask neo if we ever get him on here is uh he also introduced the the breaks right scores five five or whatever the case is all right time out we're going to take a quick uh quick 30 intermission yeah 30 intermission and they would and he would walk away with so-and-so or do who knows what and then 30 minutes later he'd come back and then it's a totally different game i mean yeah. i'm okay with like five minutes but 30 minutes is kind 30 of 30 minutes bro so yeah that's 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 the standard the infamous um yeah. what match between g-con and neo yeah and the sad part is it could be a deal breaker on on seeing whether or not you see a hype match happen like if he if G-Con hadn't agreed to it, we wouldn't have seen him versus Neo, right? You know, for the for that set. So it's just, I wish we we would come up with some kind of compromise, you know, for that something that's not totally unreasonable, you know. Uh, like I don't agree with the breaks either. I feel like we should just play it, play it out, get to the finish line, yes. and, and 
and that's a wrap. Um, Neo beats Dorian, and then he wastes no time and he calls you out. How did that? How did that happen? So yeah, so Neo wanted to play, and you know I was already not playing. So, um, but you know, since Dorian lost, I kind of wanted to avenge his loss, but at the same time, I really wasn't playing all that much. And it's kind of like, am I making excuses? Like I lost a Neo because I wasn't playing, but even Neo admits like, okay, he, he wasn't playing. And, and Neo called out a lot of people that weren't playing like Sue and stuff that were already, you know, kind of out the door right? on the way out, you know? So, yeah. you know, Neo's wins are impressive and he, he didn't lose, um, but at the same time, I wish he played everyone a year before, right? Um, and then we would have saw really how good he was, or at least me versus him. Um, so, I mean, I played Neo. I, I don't know if you remember that Super Arcade where me and you played in the Grand Finals. Oh, this is way later. This is way like later. 2012, I think, or, or 13? Yeah, maybe 2013 or something, where Neo wasn't playing as much. And I kind of unretired for a really short stint, and I was playing, and then I, I crushed him in, in that super tournament. I'm like, you know, how does it feel now when you're not playing that much? And I am <laughs> like, you know, how's that feel? You know, like oh, it was kind shit. of revenge on Neo where, you know, it's the same thing because I, you know, I, like I said earlier, like Genghis would always beat me. And then, you know, when I was, you know, at my best, I played Genghis in a first to seven and it was just domination. Like it was, I think I beat him like I don't know, seven to one or seven to two. I was like, this is the guy that like, was giving me trouble all these years. And I didn't even take satisfaction over that because I knew he wasn't playing that much. Like he was playing a little bit, but he wasn't at top form or something. So me beating him, crushing him is like, I don't really care. No satisfaction. whatsoever. No, no satisfaction. Like you, you know, it's kind of like you're beating Michael Jordan at age 40 or something. It's like, I beat Michael Jordan. It's like, but he's 40, you know, it's <laughs> like, do you take satisfaction over beating that? It's like, no, not, not for me at least. So, um, but yeah, I think that, that Neo, at least that I beat him in the tournament was just like, well, she was on the other foot, buddy. Yeah. Like, so, um, well, going back to that money match, like you lost, right? It was, this happened at Alex's arcade, if I'm not mistaken. And dude, I swear to God, I was having like an out of body experience when, uh, when it was the last match and I, and Neo was kind of like popping off a little bit or, and Fnatic was there too. Fnatic just couldn't, you know, shut the fuck up. And (laughs) I had already had it in my head that I was going to like uh, square up with him, with Neo afterwards. Like, okay, me and you, like it's time. Him and I had kind of danced around like um, playing each other for a very long time. Like we do like sporadic first to three for fives, like an FFA and whatnot, but we never played like a serious set in top form, right? So after he played you, I felt like, um, yeah, like it's time. I need a, I need a, take this guy on and, and we need to do this thing. And unfortunately we already know, we, we know what happened, right? It was billed as the inevitable encounter. Like it was a fucking marquee match. Right. And I remember you and I, like we got some games in at Hernan's or whatnot. You're like giving me advice on what to do and whatnot. And I felt like my stick was already taking a shit on me. Like my stick was already, you remember that white, yeah. mm-hmm. that white moss. Yeah. And I was dropping so many, so many, like it wasn't really the the crowd pressure this time. I, I was really confident in my execution. It's just I dropped a lot of things in that match that could have really turned it around. It's another case of like it is what it is, right? The results already happened, whatever the case is. Um, but that match happened, and then 
after that, you kind of like fizzled out, right? Like you took a break from Marvel 2. Arcade scene was pretty much done, right? Mm-hmm. So what did you do in the in-between the in time be, between 2010 and then 2013 when you came back? Uh, I, I was actually, I played a little Marvel 3 and played a little Street Fighter Cross second. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the first year Marvel 3 was at Evo. I, I think I got top 50 or something. Shit. Oh, wow. Um, Who were you playing? Um, Wolverine, Phoenix, Akuma. Oh, okay. But nice. Phoenix was broken. But, yeah. Um, this is Vanilla uh, Marvel 3, right? Vanilla Mar- Marvel okay. 3. And then Street Fighter Cross Tekken came out, and then it was very footsie-based, so I liked it. Um, and I liked, you know, having Tekken and, and Street Fighter. And just everyone said it was a terrible game. And the, then the patch came out, and it was actually not that bad. Um, but um, Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, I remember you like it was it was very footsie based because once you'd get hit it would turn into tag combo yeah. into hard knockdown into otg into tag again like it was just the damage would just pile it, it was just whoever was going to get hurt hit first you were you were pretty much half half life half <laughs> dead um can i heard about the patch can you walk us through what the patch was so the original it was like you would re- regain too much life like if you tag characters out, you had all this red life. And so all these matches would be timing out at the highest level. And so everyone's like, this is the most boring thing. Like every match is a timeout. So everyone just said, this game sucks. Right. And then it got patched and it got, you got like gems. So you get like damage boost or defense boost or whatever. And you just, overall, I think there was just more damage. Uh, and so matches wouldn't time out. So it was actually not a bad game. I wouldn't say it's a great game, but I like playing it. You it know. wasn't as bad as people made it out yeah, to be. Yeah, it wasn't as bad, but it was too late by then. Like, right. if you, you know, it's even was an Ultimate Marvel 3 or something, and it just gets bad reviews, and then it's like, well, can't recover from this no matter what happens. Yeah, right? on to the next project. Yeah. yeah, that's how it was. Like, you would do, like, one or two patches, and then if it didn't work, oh, okay, well, then I guess we're done here. Um, <laughs> same thing happened with Marvel Infinite, right? Yeah. Oh, that was, was even worse. Really, really, that was yeah. even worse. Like, it didn't really get a fair shake because uh, money talks, right? And it didn't do good on, on, on shelf life, and then that was it. That's all she wrote. Yeah. So no more patches, nothing, and just thank you, Dizzy. Yeah. Twenty thirteen comes around. You come back. You uh, start kicking ass again. You're taking names like you never left. Um, this is where the next generation of of uh, East Coast players started coming around. It was like a like next next generation slash resurgence. Like you had G-Con coming onto the scene. Uh, Desmond made a comeback. Right. He had taken a break a little bit, and. Um, I remember seeing you play against these guys at uh, at Evo. Can you walk us through that? Uh, G-Con I, for sure. I think G-Con was a little later than 2013. I think um, I was playing like Jin, I think, during that time. I can't remember now. Oh, Jin from uh, Peru? I think so. Oh, Peru shit. Champ, right? I think yeah. that was... When did he come in the first time? Uh, like 2014, I believe. So I think so. Because I think I played G-Con 2015 or something. So I think I played again from like 13 to 15. And so... I was playing like Andy Doom was coming up, I think, and, and Jin, and um, I would always go to like Alex Arcades during that time, and and, and they would run little tournaments. Yeah, shout out to Alex's yeah. arcade. And then I would just win every tournament, so they hated me, right? So um, <laughs> I do this. This is back when everybody wanted a piece of you. Yeah. Like like Sanford became the 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 goalpost because he was the only like Titan, I guess you could say, that was still active. So everybody wanted a piece of him. And on this side, you were like the equivalent to that. Everybody wanted to, hey, West, let's money match, bro. Ivan, you know, Ivan would couldn't couldn't get away from you. Andy Doom, like all these guys just wanted to 
get a crack at blockable laser. It was weird because it was like they would see you play and then it would be like, he's not very good. So I could beat this guy. Right. And then it would just kind of snowball. You know, I would be one guy and then the next person would want to come. So, you know, I got into a, a groove like, OK, if everyone wants to play me, then I, I'm going to train and be good. Right. And everyone I mean, it's kind of like when uh, Amir came and beat Andy last time where Andy has very big flaws. Right. And if you just don't get hit by certain things, you roll a sweep or something, he's just not going to win. So, you know, everybody thought, well, Andy's going to win and he didn't. And then like, you know, then, you know, Jin came and he's like, well, he's obviously going to win. And I, I don't know how many times I beat him. I felt bad after a while, actually. Um, <laughs> Why? I mean, I think I beat him like four or five long Damn. sets or something. And I remember him playing and be like, hey, one more set for like 50 bucks. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, man. Like, I know he's good, but it's just like, I just, you know, after a while you, you lose that many times. Like, I, I don't want to play anymore. Like, what, what, do you, what do you have to prove? You beat me? Like, right. They, they just want that one set, dude. Just that one win. Man. I don't know. And then, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that, that was it. And then, uh, we were playing, I think at super arcade a little bit. And then, uh, I think Evo 2015 is when I played G con. Was that the, we're supposed to do the East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, that was when uh, it was me and Ray. That's 2015. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was still playing up until then, because we were supposed to do the five on five, and then so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try and play, and and let's see if you know this happens. And it obviously didn't happen. And then I played G-Con. Um, I wanted to just play somebody, I guess. Um, and G-Con wasn't ready for for my play style i think g con's actually really good um yeah super super solid player i just think he he gets in certain ways he uses certain ways to get in he uses certain resets he uses certain guard breaks and you know he's just a little too one-dimensional and if you just take away like i i don't think i've ever lost to msp after a certain year um i can't remember i don't think i've ever lost in tournament or yeah you do really good against magneto in general so um it's just kind of like my strategy versus magneto is i take away your favorite thing so if you like to dash in on the ground i'm going to take that away from you if your favorite reset is this i'm going to look to block that if your favorite guard break is this i'm going to try to figure out a way to do it with their push block mash whatever and so i take away your favorite things as magneto and as magneto players if you it's a nightmare yeah if you can't adapt past your favorite thing it's going to be really hard for you, and that's why testing uh, your metal. Yeah, so I, cu- I couldn't have put it better better myself, dude. That's a, an amazing way to break it down, and and that's where a lot of people fall into their groove of just playing a certain way, and kind of having a I call it the choreography, right? Like you <laughs> do you do certain things in a certain order, and it tends to work. When it doesn't work, it just fucks you up because you're forced to move differently. And like you said, if you can't adjust to that, then I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. So definitely MSP long sets never, never lost. I don't think to anyone. And and if you, sometimes I lose like MSS sometimes, but MSP, it's just, I would never lose to MSP tournament two out of three long sets, whatever, three out of five for five bucks, never lose. It's just crazy because looking back at it, you, you always knew where to be and when to call cap. It's, it's crazy because you're not doing, you're not doing anything fancy. It's just fundamentally sound, and that's that's pretty much it. And it worked for you over the years. Yeah, I think it's just some of it is just people don't call cap and they sit there and, and they don't take space. 
So like when I'm playing with Sentinel versus Magneto, I take space. People think like I run away and it's not true to a degree with Sentinel that I'm actually pressuring you. Um, that if you're dashing back, I'm flying forward, dashing forward, lasering you, something like that. I'm trying to take space because once Sentinel's in the corner, he's dead. You know, he gets thrown, he gets guard broken, he gets whatever. You're dead, right? So I don't want to be in the corner ever. And so I'm, I'm really good at taking space. Uh, I think the worst or the biggest mistake of Sentinel players against Magneto is they have bad spacing and they don't take space when Magneto gives them space. If they're going to, you know, even if they call storm assist or something, you could just fly over storm assist and not get hit, right? And just sit there. If Magneto dash on the ground, you just frying pan or whatever, right? And if they air dash, air da Magneto's air dash is slow. Like if he dashes forward, I could fly back as fast as you could dash, right? So right. As, as long as I don't have terrible reactions, I should be able to rack to your air dash. I just have to watch for your ground movement. And so as long as I could protect my ground, then Magneto's really no problem. It's just the beginning of the match or, you know, if he guard breaks you and kills another character or something, then that's the problem. Do you feel like this is these are techniques that can be taught? Or is it just something that you need to find within yourself as you go along the way? I mean, I think every player has their own strategy. So it's not like my strategy works for everyone. But like Locke, um, he asked me, how do, how do I face Magneto? And I told him, like, this is what you should do. This is where you should call Doom. This is where you should fly. This is what you should do. And he's actually got a lot better against Magneto. And recently, and I'm he not taking has. all yeah. the credit, but he asked me, what should I do? And, and I, and I, you know, gave him a little diagram. We should do in these situations, told him what he should do. And, and it seems like he's a lot better against Magneto than he was before. For sure. Yeah. At Fight Kingdom, he did very well. Yeah. Made it all the way up to the finals. So I, yeah, before Fight Kingdom, I was telling him what to do. And then Spider-Man came in and we all know what happened then. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's crazy, man, to just to talk about all this, uh, all this history, man, that happened back then all the way up to where it got us today. I mean, do you realize that our money match was 14 years ago, almost to the day? That's crazy. 14 years ago, bro. Like, that's ridiculous, right? Um, there's something that we talked about also, and that's uh, how the skills that we learn from Marvel 2, how they transfer to other games, and vice versa. Do you feel like there's a connection between... Um, players who only play Marvel 2 and they can't tr you know, transfer those skills over to other games? Or do you feel like it's better to start with another game first and then play Marvel 2? I think Marvel 2 is one of the hardest games to play because you could play whatever way you want, right? Even if you have the same team, you can play whatever way you want, whereas Street Fighter, you know, Guilty Gear, all these other games, you kind of have to play a footsie game and then once you knock them down, there's an optimal thing to do you know, some sort of, you know, mix up, some sort of something that's very optimal or but Marvel 2, you can do whatever you want. So I think that Marvel 2, the foot season spacing is horrible for all the new players. Like, you know, some things work and, you know, but their spacing in general is just terrible. It's just just awful. Right. Like, you know, they get hit the same way, you know, they hit people the same way. And it's just kind of like it's 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 the highest level of Marvel right now, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of ugly in the, the spacing wise. You guys are fast. You execute well, you get one hit kills. You can do 300% combos, like <laughs> all this, death, you know, like that's amazing. Like we didn't have that execution when I was playing. Right. But the way you guys get hits is just so ugly. Or sometimes you, you guys <laughs> get hit and it's like, how did you get hit there? Like, why are you flying here? Why did you dash here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like this is, this is terrible. <laughs> 
but you know when you get the hit and and, and it, that's all that matters right um, and it sort of kind of goes over the it like lays over the deficiencies that they showed because they're, they're getting the 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 hit and they're getting the kill anyway so it's kind of like just covers that whole oh i guess i could still do bad habits and still win the game somehow and i think the mentality is different where you know if we you know we lost in the arcade that's a quarter right but now everyone's like ah, just next game next game you know yeah. and so it doesn't matter if you lost because you know next game you just have to win you know but it's casuals so it, there's nothing on the line it doesn't matter if you get better or worse as long as you're having fun right i think that's <laughs> more or less like it's no. not it's it's i mean it's nice to win but there's not anything on the line like if you're in casuals yeah. and you lose 10 to 2 I mean, you don't go home and be like, man, I lost 10 to 2 in casuals, right? But if you did that in the arcade, you'd be like, man, I was just waiting in line and waiting in line, right? Where you think about that. But in casuals, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go play this other guy in this other setup. I'm going to play this guy in this setup. Or I'll play online. And so there's no consequence to losing. Like, you don't learn anything. Mm. Like, the hunger is gone, right? Like, the yeah. there's no goalposts that you're setting up, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Compared, compared to back then. I mean, back then you could argue that it was casuals also, but it's costing money and it's costing time. Yeah. Like you said, you're waiting in line and nobody wants to wait in line, dude. I don't want to wait in line and see fucking Dexterous going, oh, oh, Sandtracks. <laughs> like, uh, no, dude, it's my turn. Yeah. It's my turn. <laughs> so I think going back to your question, I think that um, if people play multiple games, it doesn't have to be you only play Marvel 2 and, and you played this game before or after, but I think... Playing any game will help you bring different tactics to the game, whether it's Street Fighter or Guilty Gear or whatever. And you can be like, oh, in, in Guilty Gear, it kind of does this. Maybe I could do this in Marvel 2 or, oh, this seems to, you know, fake them out. Maybe I'll, you know, whiff punish this where you really don't see whiff punishes all that much in Marvel 2 or people talking about it. But there is such a thing, right? Where Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. You know. But even if, you know, certain people don't know frame data or something like, well, if Sentinel does like a laser here, it's so many frames, it can't cancel or do this. I could do this or bait this and, you know, um, let's see what happens. But instead, everyone just goes ham and just goes in and just hopes for the best. And it's like, oh, it works 40% of the time. That's good enough because I get that hit, I win. Yeah. (laughs) I think that if you you played Marvel 2 and then you went to a different game, it would only help you with Marvel 2 as Mm -hmm. opposed to starting off as a... I don't know, a Street Fighter 4 player, and then you make your way over to Marvel 2, you're not going to have the the speed necessary to keep up with, let's say, a mid-average uh, MSP player. Yeah. It's just a lot going on. Yeah, and it's a lot In Street process. Fighter 4, it's block. Okay, now it's my turn. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've messed up. Now it's your turn and vice versa. You know, it's like, it's very turn-based. Mm-hmm. Correct. And Marvel 2, it's almost like you can steal a turn mm-hmm. in, in, certain, in certain times. So it's... Very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. And then also you have the speed factor of like how certain players can can move a lot faster than you. So that just throws your whole dynamic out the window because you think you can land a certain combo or you can uh, be in certain scenarios. But then you're getting hit by things. You're like, I can't see this guy. Like, it's and and going back to what Wes was saying about how ugly we're getting the hits. You know, because the scramble that we're initiating almost ninety percent of the time. I think that if you're able to convert off of those hits, then it means something as opposed to just random hits adding up until you die. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, I feel like that that speaks more. Um, where do you see yourself now in terms of uh, Marvel 2? Do you feel like you're done for good? You want to come back? You moved on? I mean, where are we at right now? I think, I think I'm done. Done. Um, unless something crazy happened, like, you know, in 2020, it was like Marvel would be on the main stage. And I thought, well... 
Or, Maybe. Well, remember, we were almost there uh, a couple of years ago before uh, COVID hit. Yeah. The tournament, the tournament of champions. Yeah. Would you have participated in one of those tournaments? Something like that. Yeah. NorCal I, regionals or uh, what was what was the other one? Combo Breaker, I think. I think there was an East Coast one. In East, there was two in the East Coast. Uh, I think one was in Philadelphia. Yeah, we're supposed to go to that. Yeah. And then there's two in the West, right? NorCal and SoCal. Oh, shit, I'm not sure. I don't think there was SoCal. I think it was just, just NorCal, NorCal just the NorCal yeah. one, right? Okay. Yeah. Would you have participated? Yeah. I mean, I was. We were, oh we were, we were going to go. I mean, I think um, when that announcement hit, I played like a little bit, and so me and and Jaytron, we went to Atlantic City, and we played in one of the tournaments over there, and, and I played G-Con again. Oh shit! Yeah. So, um, so I was playing like a little bit, but then once. You know, COVID hit, then I was like, well, I guess I'm done for this. Is, this is a sign where I'd never need to play Marvel 2 again. Okay, let's say <laughs> PlayStation 5, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 remastered in the online store. Would you play? I mean, I guess I would buy it, but I don't think I would play, <laughs> play it. Because, I mean, there's there's online things like, like Fight Cade or something, Kate's right? Or, yeah. But I, I don't play that, so. Yeah. I still haven't set that up, dude. I've, I've been meaning to actually. I think I'll do it today. I'm actually, trying to tell you, man. Yeah, I just need to make sure I get that paywall because I'm not trying to get my footage ripped by all these freaking oh, content yeah. vultures. <laughs> yeah, but dude, it's uh, we live in a very different time. Um, do you feel like the FGC code of conduct has kind of changed, like the way that people interact with each other nowadays compared to the arcade climate back then? I mean, I think at least now you could kind of compare yourself to other people. Like if you wanted to play someone on the East Coast, you could play a set and see how good you were. Where when I was playing, I had no idea if I was as good as someone on the East Coast until we actually played in person. Right. So you you could say all you want. You could watch all these match videos. Like a lot of people from like the South or, you know, different regions are like, we're the best. Look at how, how combos can do. It's like, well, look who you're playing against. Right. And so we're like, you know, East Coast, West Coast were the two strongest regions. And it's like until we play, we have no idea if you're better or not. You know, I mean, obviously, with all the results, the East Coast you know, with just Justin alone was just so good. But, you know, up until that point, you don't know. Every year you go and you go, well, who's better? Who's better? Who leveled up more? And you don't know. But now. Yeah. You could argue that the stakes, the stakes were even higher back then. If you lost to, I don't know, let's say somebody on the East Coast like. uh We'll say uh, Mike Infinite, for instance, right? You didn't know who he was. He was just a random Rotron player. You lose to him. You have to wait another year. Mm-hmm. And, and you're probably thinking like, fuck, dude. That there's at least one guy out there who's going to pose a problem, and that's this guy. Yeah. Right? For you personally, right? Not in general. But without online play, without, uh, I don't know, social media back then, where you, you'd be able to contact somebody and say, hey, man, we got to run a set set it up i'm going to be at this tournament like there's no way to do that you just have to wait and see if you see this guy next year that's a long time bro that is so that was that's why it was so hard back then and knowing where you were who who the top 20 players were where now you could kind of say oh this guy played this guy and and he won and yeah it's a little laggy but at least you kind of know you have an idea you do so i think now it's 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 great if if marvel 2 came back and there's an online scene because it's just more access but just the ways we play is just not very good. Yeah, and what we have now, we still struggle with, you know, and not everybody has the right stick or um, the right board or the right settings, you know, on their PC or whatever the case is. So it's not perfect, man. It's something, but it's the best we have right now. Yeah. I mean, Ivan, you play you play on uh, 
I play on Ficade. On Ficade, what do you think about it? Um, I think it's I think it's a good just uh, for matchup experience, as as is most of the online stuff. Um, you get a good experience against multiple different teams, how people play, but nothing beats playing next next to your opponent, locals like like on a Dreamcast. It's just there's nothing like it. You can't replicate it even in, in Fightcade. Again, you're playing from the comfort of your own home, and there's no really pressure on you. And by you playing next to somebody, I mean, you, you just have to up the stakes a little bit more, and you're forced to play, in my opinion, at a much higher level. So, At least it's something, right? It's not perfect. But right, it's not perfect, but again, it's good for matchup experience. It's something. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wes, we're going to go ahead and uh, get to the final questions All right, for the podcast. It's been a great... Dude, great conversation so far. A lot of topics that we touched up on. Fucking turns me on, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, I do have a couple of questions, okay? Um, this is a segment of the show that we, we call the runback, okay? Since we're looking at everything retrospectively, is there anything that you would like to do different back? If you if you could go back and redo a certain match or a tournament or a set, a money match with anybody, is there anything that you would like to go back and correct with what you know now? I think for me, I wish I traveled a little bit more. Um, Interesting. Maybe went to, you know, East Coast more. Um, it just, I think when I was really good, I didn't take advantage. Well, I, I don't think there's a lot of tournaments to go to. Like, I would go to NorCal every so often, but like, you know, just traveled. I, I mean, I wish there's just more tournaments. Like, there is for other games. Like, I wish there was more than Evo and... I mean, we had SoCal regionals and stuff, but it it was always run very poorly to me. Like, we had like a West Coast War Zone. And it was just like oh, yeah, five hours. Shit, late. I totally forgot about West that. West Coast yeah. War Zone. And I remember signing up for that, and it was supposed to start at I think two p.m. or something. And my first match was like eight p.m. or something. I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm not even playing. So I didn't even. I just left because I'm like, <laughs> this, this this is stupid. Like I'm I'm I like didn't eat. You know, I was waiting for my match and like. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's going to start here or waiting for this. And, you know, with all the late registration that they had on site, they're like, oh, we can't even get the brackets. There's too many people registering late. And it's like, well, don't have late registration. I think that was one of the first times where there was no, after a while, there's no on-site registration. Yeah. You know, and so that was really poorly done. They had a West Coast Warzone 2 didn't go to. And it was just kind of like, you know, my spite for some of these tournaments is just, it was maybe I should have went anyway because I there's, there wasn't a lot of tournaments to go to, but I just was so put off by some of these tournaments. Um, but I wish I, you know, traveled to uh, one time um, I was going to go to CEO and CEO got canceled the year I, I had a flight booked Oh shit! and then CEO got canceled. So it was a lot of things where it was either I didn't go to or I was going to go to and then it just got canceled or some other things. But I, I felt like you know, those two, three years while I was super good, I should have just money match as many people as I could see where I could have been because I, I knew I was good and, and people in SoCal knew I was good, but there was never like a huge money match, but in general, there's no huge money match, right? There's no like Justin Yipes money matches against people anyway, right? There's just, you know, if you got top five at evolution, you're pretty good. And, and that was it. Well, your criticism for the, for the tournaments are, I mean, in my opinion, it's justified because you wore both hats as both a TO and a player where a lot of these people, maybe they didn't, they didn't know how to prioritize correctly. I think if uh, more people would have voiced their concerns over that, it would have improved. Um, I feel like a, the, 
most people do a better job now, I think, uh, with especially with late registration. That's kind of been nipped in the bud because, like you said, it causes problems if people uh, register last minute. Um, what about losses? Any set that you lost that you feel you'd want to go back and correct? Not really. I mean, when I was playing and I played people in money matches, I almost never lost. Uh, the ones I lost, I wasn't playing 100%. Oh, um, shit. Like, you know, I wasn't, you know, fully playing. So, I mean, I guess if I had to pick one, I mean, I would... I mean, if I can go back in time and be at my full strength, I guess I would play Neo again. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, and you know, he'd play you right now, dude, <laughs> but you know, it's something where, you know, you know, he, you could have that win, you know, but I know like I, I wasn't playing. So yeah, it's not like I, I can't sleep, you know, the day after the money match. Like I was like, <laughs> well, he beat me. Like, I wish I would have played more, I guess, but right. You know, it's nothing like that. It was more like, you know, people, you know, I, I could have played maybe if there was some match, like, maybe playing yipes or something you know, oh, okay. when the evos but you know it's just it wasn't organized back then it wasn't it was hard you know you didn't have social media it was just kind of like on srk like you know and it's kind of like if you go out and call someone out and you lose you just look like a fool right like there's all this hype behind <laughs> tell it. me about you know, it dude <laughs> you know, not, nothing against you ken but it's just something where there's a big risk where you know you call someone out if someone calls you out it's not so bad you know but if someone you call someone else out and you, right. you lose it's like oh man why did i do that like i have to do that right <laughs> i know the feeling dude all too well i think that i went on a streak like I, like i was a reverse streak like i would call people out and i'd lose so like i called uh i called you out i lost i called neo out i lost um reset reset i called reset out and i lost like I, I was like on a reverse streak with money matches. Like, like who am I going to lose to next? You know, fucking horrible, bro. I think that taught you how to play in big matches. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially since I would go, would play other games like Street Fighter four, Street Fighter cross Tekken. And I'd bring that back to Marvel too. And so instead of just playing MSS, I started picking up team matrix. And then now the footsie game is a little bit better. Whereas before it was just, let me rush you down. Oh, I know you're push blocking, but I'm, I'm right back in your face. Mm -hmm. I feel like it slowed down my Magneto a little bit. Right. Yeah, okay. my Magneto is not as overwhelming as, as it used to be. Storm, I feel like, is my strongest character now. Um, Sentinel, with, you know, close second. But the skills that I brought over from Street Fighter Four helped me in, in my Marvel 2 game. And I would recommend anybody who's a Marvel 2 player, if you guys aren't dabbling with other uh, game engines, you know, test it out and see what you can cross over, you know, from yeah. all these different games. Um, and that leads me to my next question, Wes, is uh, we still have uh, an influx of um, new players that are coming in. New every, blood. Yeah, the new blood's coming in every so often. Uh, for those listening, do you have any advice for them that are that are barely picking up the game, things that they should focus on, prioritize? Uh, what advice do you have for this new blood? I, I think it's like I said before, it's like every loss, you should just try to get one thing better. Be like... What could, what could I do one thing better? Like, I dropped this combo. Let me practice combo more. It's like, I got hit dashing in here. Let's not dash in here. Like, right? Like, every time, just pick one tiny thing. And it could just be, you know, every day, just try to get one thing better. Be like, hey, look, my dashes are crispier now, you know, right? And it's like, oh, I did a fast fly, you know, 70% instead of 50%, right? And some is just training mode, but other things are just, you know, tactical things where it's like, huh, keep getting shot here when calling my assist. Let's not call my assist here, right? And just one thing and just experiment and 
if you can make just one thing better every time you play, after you play 100 times, that really adds up. And, and you might lose more at the beginning because you're trying new things. You're like, oh, man. Right, you know. Right. But after you just get better, you, it all adds up. And then you just start beating people you never thought. You take off you know, your, your weights like Rock Lee, right? And, and just you're, you're so much faster. You're so much better. Right. And I think that that's the thing. It doesn't matter when I play a new game. I lose all the time. But it's like I just got to get better and better and better. And after a while, it's like, oh, how did I get this good? Right. Yeah. And just have that mentality. But if you do the same things over and over and you beat people you're supposed to beat, but lose against people you're not supposed to beat, that that shows that you're not getting better at all. You need to be able to beat people that are better than you over time. If, if you care. I mean, some people play for fun. Like I could never play things for fun. That's competitive. So I think that's one of my biggest flaws was. I have to be good at something. It doesn't matter if it's video games or chess or sports knowledge or whatever it is. I had to be better than you. And as a, as a kid, it was just overwhelming for some people. Cause it was just like, no, no, I'm right. You know? And, and, and it's kind of like I dialed it back tr- as much as I can, but um, yeah, I was always just trying to get better and just looking at my gameplay and be like, what can I do better? What does this guy do better? Like even, at Regency and the people that were mid tier, I would take stuff from them. Like, oh man, this guy does like, you know, this tricky like guard break with this character. I wonder if I could do it with 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 Sentinel or Storm or maybe I should tag here like this guy. Like he keeps hitting people with it. Like, I wonder what that happens. Let me try it out, right? And just put it into my own gameplay and be like, oh okay, this is why he does this. And all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna incorporate it in this situation. Dude, that's solid solid advice. You guys heard it here first from Blockable Laser Wes. Uh, I'm the same way, dude. I feel like if I lose, I'm I'm like fuck this, dude. I, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. But it's part of the learning process. You got to take those L's, dude. Yeah. Marvel two right now, like we talked about, I'm kind of getting bored. So I've been picking different teams, even Cable, like a, a character that I've never dabbled with, and that's how fucking bored I, yeah. I am. So when I'm taking these L's, it's like I want to pick MSS or pick Matrix in the next match, but I can't. It's like yeah, you have to embrace the struggle. Oh, and it fucking sucks, dude. It sucks because it's like from, coming from you too, gang. It's like you're used to winning and just asserting your dominance in a certain way, and then you're having to play a, a different way, and then you're losing too. So you're like, "Fuck this!" I'm just sucks, gonna dude. pick my team. But yeah. no, definitely what Wes said is like, um, it's just the mentality that you bring into the game, having that uh, growth mindset of uh, knowing how to pick apart your mistakes reflect back on your mistakes and just make small incremental changes. It doesn't have to be like something drastic, but enough to like, you know, have you try to improve on a daily basis. I do have one final request, Wes. Is there any chance that we could see a blockable laser Twitch stream in the near future? No, I I might appear on someone else's stream, but... Definitely not my own. I could just imagine you running online games and just saying, oh, why would you do that? Yeah, That's terrible. Think, yeah, terrible decision. Yeah. And you just fucking obliterate them with like a Sentinel fly combo or something. I can seriously see Wes as like a mentor for like the next generation. Oh, just for the, sure. From the way he like approaches the game and the way he, he's he's able to coach. So I think he's, he's easily like, you know, one of the better coaches. Obviously, look, all the top players that, you know, even ask him now like for advice and he's able to you know pick apart and dissect like oh this is where you're doing wrong and then he's able to like help them improve i think from a coaching standpoint like he's actually pretty damn good well the best thing the best thing about it is that wes will always tell you how it is 
Yeah, he won't sugarcoat without things. Any, without any sugar coating. I've always respected that about you, brother. It's You've always been straightforward and direct, and I feel like that's how it should be. Um, I've always said that transparency is the best thing, right? Yeah. So if I'm if I'm fucking up, like nobody wants likes to get called out on their stuff, but if I'm messing up and you tell me, hey, dude, knock it off. Like you need to stop doing that and, and start doing, putting this into your gameplay because this is why you lost. Like that's what I need to hear. I don't know, I don't know Same about for you me. Guys. Same for me. Yeah. I have a so, lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Over the years, Wes, you've given me a lot of advice, brother. I do appreciate it. It's made me a better Marvel player, better person overall. You're so it's again. it's much appreciated. Um, with that, with that being said, guys, we're gonna go ahead and close out. Uh Wes, do you have anything else for the community? Anything else that you want to say? Any shout outs? No, I think I'm good. I think I got a lot off my chest today and uh good good discussion. Dude, oh yeah, man, it was a, it was an honor having you here, Wes. Um being one of the OG players and thanks for having me on. Thanks guys. for for everything, man, and for also helping out the community as you have. And uh dude, like your matches have always been something like entertaining as fuck, yeah, to bro. say the least. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna go ahead and close out. Uh Wes, once again, thanks for being on the show, brother. I hope to bring you back on a second episode with uh, hopefully we have Duck with us next time. Oh man, that's gonna be fire. <laughs> that has got a lot of stories, man. <laughs> I gotta convince him to get on there. He he says he's not much of a public speaker, but it's okay. We can we can work. With we that. can fill in the blanks. Oh man, me and Duck had a lot of first yeah. to fifties, man. It's pretty crazy. There's a lot to talk about with him, dude. I think it, it, him, him. We'd have to do a two parter for yeah, sure. Yeah. So we're gonna. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, Wes, unfortunately, guys, we don't have a YouTube channel for him or a Twitch or anything. But uh, make sure that you guys look up his matches on Zach D. Uh, go ahead and look on YouTube. There's plenty of uh, content of his on there. That you guys can use. Very fundamentally sound uh, Sandthrax gameplay that you'll that you'll see on his behalf. Uh, check it out. You guys might learn a thing or two because there's a lot of uh, his content out there. Uh, with that being said, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening, guys. Ivan, you got anything for us? No, thanks to everybody for tuning in once again. And always, as always, you know, leave your comments and uh, any suggestions you guys want for the next episode. And thank you guys for being part of a part of this journey with us. So. All right, guys. This is episode two, season two. And we're signing off. Take care. See you guys.